Just Thinking with hosts Daryl Harrison and Virgil Walker, bringing you week-to-week cultural apologetics as well as social issues from a biblical worldview. This is Just Thinking. Let's think. Welcome back. You're in for another edition of Just Thinking Podcast. I am Virgil Walker. And I'm Daryl Harrison. What up, Omaha? What's going on, my man? I don't know it, man. We got some thunderstorms rolling through the ATL as uh, as we record this episode. So if yeah. you hear some, if you hear some static on all of a sudden on your end, it's probably because I got shot. Yeah, so yeah. About it. With all these electronics on, man, while it's storming over here, dude. I hope not, man. We got a lot. We got a lot to talk about tonight, man. Gonna gonna tee up a number of different things, man. And uh, I'm excited as always to get back with you. Speaking of thunderstorms, man, again, bro, another week of stirring it up in the uh, social media space, man. What's what in the world is going on? You know, I wish I could answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's kind of like, I don't know, man. It's it's like, I don't know. You know, I dropped a, a blog article last week. Yeah. Uh, you got, you got, some, blog people, article you got some people week. upset, man. Hey, man, I guess I wouldn't be me if I didn't upset somebody. I mean, you got you know? folks upset, bro. And that's not by design, but no? maybe it is. <laughs> maybe it is. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so I dropped a new blog article last week. Tell tell everybody Uh, about it, man. What happened? Yeah, so the article's titled The Misleading Language of the Social Justice Movement. Beautiful, beautiful article, uh, man. I I, I shot it everywhere I could. could, Anywhere I could drop it, man, I was dropping. It was a great article. Well, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it a lot, Verge. And uh, for those of you who may be listening, who may be new to the podcast, you can get to my blog at justthinking.me. That's justthinking. That's one word, dot. M-E. And uh, yeah, so I dropped this blog article on May 13th, about a week ago, uh, titled The Misleading Language of the Social Justice Movement. And uh, I use uh, uh, to to sort of set the stage for the thesis that I present in that article, a quote uh, made by Dr. Martin Luther King some 55 years ago, mm. where he uh, he he uh, asserted that the 11 o'clock hour on Sunday morning is the most segregated hour in America. Yeah. Uh, You know, so I had two issues with that and you guys can read the blog article and uh, I'll flesh out my stance on that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, as we, as we record this episode, uh, that blog article has been shared over 500 times on Facebook. And I don't Mm -hmm. know how many times on, on Twitter, uh, there's been a couple other, uh, um, Christian media outlets that have picked it up. Yeah. Uh, some other non-Christian outlets that have picked it up. Uh, you know, so, uh, it's, it's making the rounds for whatever reason, mm-hmm. better or worse, I guess, depends on how you look at it. Yeah. No, I, but, I, uh, I, I definitely think it's for better because that's a, that's a statement, man. I, I can't tell you how many time, times I've heard it. And and the assumptive language around it. I mean, it's 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 automatically assumed to be true. Uh, it's automatically assumed to be problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's automatically assumed that there's something that needs to be done. But for the most part, whenever it gets used, it's someone who's black who's using it uh, as a weapon to to wield against against uh, our, our white brothers and sisters. And so, I, I without trying to give too much away of from from the uh, 
from the blog article because I want people to go and check it out. Um, it, it, it was well, well worth the read, well worth uh, kind of what you walk through. Here's what I'm finding, man, uh, is interesting. I, I recognize that one of the things that's great about, about the podcast, which is an offshoot of, of your, of your blog, uh, mm-hmm. uh, post, um, is that people have a tendency not, if, if it's past, you know, 500 words, they, you know, they, people don't normally read. But what's been interesting to me to, to witness is folks are getting through your articles, even to the point where they're having to write refutations to it. So mm-hmm. you know that, that you know that they're reading it, and that's a good thing. Yeah, and that is a good thing. And, uh, you know, word count is something that I don't really concern myself with. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't mean to sound, you know, brash or anything like that, but, you know, it's, it's, that's why I titled the blog Just Thinking for Myself. I, I kind of write for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I write stylistically, I write via word count, uh, regardless of what the elements of the blog article are, I write what I am convicted the Lord gives me to say, regardless mm-hmm. of how brief or how lengthy the, the article might be. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so, uh, that being what it is, um, you know, I'm very appreciative of folks who take the time to, to read it. Yeah. Not every blog article is as lengthy as, as this one is, but it depends on the content. Mm-hmm. It depends on the subject matter and the context. Yeah. Uh, so those two factors play a part in every blog article I write. Uh, sometimes articles are more technical mm-hmm. than others. This was a very technical, very academic article. It is not for the faint of heart. It is, it is, it is one of those articles I hope with everything I write. And even every episode of the podcast that we do, we, we challenge people to think uh, through some things. Uh, but, yeah, this article is not one that you're going to be able to just sit back, uh, you know, and chill with. Uh, this is going to challenge you to really take your time and read it and digest it. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't write for disagree or agrees. I, that's not why I write. Right. Uh, but to your earlier comment, I was convicted by the fact that it's not just that folks take Dr. King's uh, statement as fact, they take it as fact as if that's not supposed to be the case. So what I mean by that, they take his statement that the 11 o'clock hour is the most segregated hour in America as if that's not supposed to be the case. Mm -hmm. So in the article, I take a very expository and exegetical look at that word segregated because that's, and that's why I titled it the misleading language Mm -hmm. of the social justice movement because the social justice movement uses terms and words that if you don't take the time to dissect the definitions of mm-hmm. those terms, mm-hmm. they will hook you in yeah. and get you to a point where you just because they keep repeating that same word over and over and over again, that you end up accepting it as true. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we can't do that. We we must be like the Bereans. We must search the scriptures to see if these things are so. Absolutely. Uh, you know, so no, and I say this in the article, no disrespect to Dr. King or to his legacy, but there are certain people within the, uh, liberal, uh, black, uh, sociopolitical, uh, populace that are like Teflon. And Dr. King is one of those people. He's like yes. Teflon. You know, you just, yes. you're not supposed to throw anything at him because, and, and it, when you do throw something at him, it doesn't stick, mm-hmm. you know, so that's why I call him. He's kind of like Teflon. Well, mm-hmm. I'm not challenging Dr. King personally. I don't even remember the man, to be honest with you. I've read about him, studied him, uh, as, as we all have. 
But, uh, you know, he's not above uh, an, an objective biblical critique. Absolutely. Of some of the things that he said. Uh, so the article, as you read it, you'll understand that it's less about him mm-hmm. and more about the the uh, veracity of what he said. Is that was that true then? Is it true now? Right, right. I, I I love what you said. And you think about it, the, the the Bereans were were examining the scriptures based upon the Apostle Paul, and uh, if if you know if, if the Apostle Paul can stand the scrutiny of the scriptures, I, I'm I'm very confident that anybody else at that at that next level can as well. Yeah, well, let's hope so. Let's hope so. Anyway, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, so yeah. So go check out the blogs. Just thinking. Got me. Uh, the latest one is the misleading language of the social mm-hmm. justice movement. I'll say this too, Daryl, and, and I, I, you know, and I try, I, I, I know, I know I'm your wingman. We kind of go back and forth and, and I try not to get in interview mode with you. I try to have us kind of, kind of free flow back and forth, but, but I do want you to kind of tee up for the listeners the, your thought process about it. And I know that we're, we're trying to apply biblical truth, but what, what was, what was the thought process behind, behind the podcast, behind, behind going from blog to podcast with regard to kind of, kind of the, the, the foray of what you're trying to do? Well, to be honest with you, um, you know, I don't know that there was a, uh, um, a, a formal or structured idea behind the podcast. Are you speaking specifically, Verge, about this blog article or? Yeah. Yes. With okay, the blog yeah. article in particular. Yeah. Yeah. So this blog article, uh, you know, I, I don't know. And I'm not being, uh, 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 I'm not avoiding the question, but you know, there's no, I don't have a, a format or a strategy around when I write and what I'm going to write about. So I know a lot of, a lot of bloggers may have, they may keep a calendar. Sure. They may keep a, a, a sort of, so they'll say, well, I'm going to try to write a blog every two weeks or every month, whatever their frequency is. But for me, uh, my ideas come very infrequently. There's no pattern. So mm-hmm. when the Lord gives me something to write about, you know, I'll take it on. And mm-hmm. uh, I've been recently reading the book by jo- uh, Dr. John Perkins uh, called One Blood, in which Perkins uh, quotes and cites the very same statement that Dr. King made in 1963. Mm-hmm. He espouses that same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, I'm just reading the book and I come across where he sort of signs off on that uh, assertion that Dr. King made. Uh, and you know, words just start being tossed around in your head and you just wow. get a little bit of that sort of investigative, uh, mindset about you and, and say, Hey, wait a minute. That's, that's, that's what I call bumper sticker theology. Bumper sticker theology is kind of like, uh, little pithy quotes and yeah. sayings yeah. that may sound good, look good on a bumper sticker or a t-shirt, but is it really true? Right. You know, is it really biblically factual? Right. Uh, is is there is the truth being put forth in the, in the statement in those words that make up that statement? Are they founded in Scripture? Right. So that's kind of where this uh, this blog post came from. So uh, so it wasn't anything structured or formal. Nothing that I've been contemplating for a long period of time mm-hmm. or anything like that. If you're a follower of my blog, um, I mean, it may be months between blog articles, but, Mm -hmm. but that's because I only write when the Lord gives me something to say. Mm -hmm. Uh, If, if the Holy spirit doesn't convict my heart to write something that's worthy of him, I'm not going to write. 
Mm. And and how and however long there is between blog articles, that's just what it is. Yeah. I don't get paid for any of this. Mm. Uh, I don't have paid supporters, paid advertisers, or any of this. So mm-hmm. this is this is totally on me. And as the Lord gives me something to write, I'll write about. Like right now, Burgess, I talk to you right now. I don't know when my next blog article is going to gotcha. come out. Gotcha, gotcha. I, th- I think that's good. I think that's good for folks to know, kind of how how you write, what that's like. I know that for for what we do on the podcast, the whole thought process is kind of based upon uh, the blog. It's, it, this is kind of an extension of that, and so wanted people to kind of know mm-hmm. what that looks like. We're we're definitely applying biblical truth to social, cultural, political, uh, and theological issues in our world. We're talking about those things on a weekly basis. There is no there's no there's no format here either. There's no right. okay. We 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 are. We're going to we're going to do this and then this next and this, you know, you you might send me something uh, over the weekend that catches your eye. And then maybe maybe the day before you might change it up and then maybe a few hours before it might change again. And so mm-hmm. yep. uh, I've, I've got to be kind of prepared to to read through the content and be ready to roll with you. And so that's kind of how 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 we do things. I, I enjoy it. It's obvious our listeners enjoy it, man. Mm-hmm. Getting a lot of great mm-hmm. feedback uh, from them as well. And so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely was interested in where you went uh, tonight and uh, with regard to some of the issues that, that were at hand uh, over the weekend um, and, and, and kind of what, what I, I would love for you to kind of j- just tee up. I'll, I'll talk a little bit about the, about where, you, you know, where you go, but I want, I, I just like for folks to hear your mindset, kind of where you were, were thinking and feeling as you, as you teed up the particular topic we're going to cover tonight. Yeah. So, yeah, I appreciate you swinging it over to me, Verge. And yeah. So what we're going to talk about tonight is an article or topic rather that I hadn't planned on talking about, uh, to be honest with you. Now, I can give you a little more background on why this topic is being dealt with on the podcast than I can about, you know, where I was coming from with the blog article. And we're going to talk about tonight the recent uh, mass shooting at Santa Fe High School in Santa Fe, Texas, a few days ago. Uh, where, uh, and I have to say allegedly because he has not been convicted of any crime at this point, where allegedly a 17 year old Demetrios Pagortzis, uh, and a student at Santa Fe High School allegedly shot and killed, uh, 10, uh, fellow students and another 10 were injured from what I understand as we, uh, as we record this episode. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't, the shooting itself that drew my attention, it was a uh, brief tweet that I sent out a few days ago where I made the comment that it's, it, you know, it's not the gun. It's, it's the heart. That's the problem. It's the heart. That's the problem. So not long after this news broke, as is the case with every other mass shooting, Mm-hmm. The talking heads and the medias and the pundits are immediately calling for a convocation almost. Let's let's get leaders together around a table. It's always got to be a round table for some reason. Let's get a round table together to mm-hmm. talk about gun violence. So this not being my first rodeo with respect to mass shootings, I was just like, oh, really? Again? Right. Again, this, this is this is the same old regurgitated, repeated response when something like this happens. What are we going to do about the guns? 
So the default is always to blame the guns. Now, so that's kind of what got my uh, my dander up a little bit mm-hmm. because it got a bit a bit frustrating to me for people continue, and I'm I'm including some Christians here too, to continue to ignore what the real problem is. Right. So I thought it would be interesting for you and me verse to spend some time on this and let's confront what the real problem is. Mm. Uh, Now, whether people want to accept this or not, that's not my concern. Right. But the Bible addresses gun violence. Mm. It addresses gun violence. And what I want to do is talk about this again. And I say again, because back in 2015, I wrote a blog article mm-hmm. in response to the mass shooting that occurred in San Bernardino, California. Mm-hmm. It was in December 2015. I wrote an article. I titled it The Fallacy of Gun Control as a Means to Behavior Change. Again, you can go out to my blog at justthinking.me. The search window is all the way down at the bottom. So when you get to the homepage, scroll all the way down. Just type in fallacy. That's all you mm-hmm. have to do is type in fallacy and that article will pop up. Yep. You can read it. But my thesis in that piece was again to argue that guns aren't the issue. And I used a song from back in the seventies, uh song that was recorded by Earth, Wind and Fire called uh-huh. That's the Way of the World. Right. And the chorus in that song goes like this. The the lyrics to the chorus Read this. This is that's the way of the world. Plant your flower and you grow a pearl. A child is born with a heart of gold, but the way of the world makes the heart grow cold. Mm-hmm. That's the way of the world. Plant your flower and you grow a pearl. A child is born with a heart of gold, but the way of the world makes the heart so cold. Mm-hmm. Now. Those might make for good song lyrics, but that's really bad theology. <laughs> Those lyrics are really bad. So, theology. so we we can't we can't get theology from Earth, Wind, and Fire. Can't get the, uh, theology from the elements, man. You can't <laughs> get theology from the elements of the universe, bro. That's, you can't get that, man. You can get a good groove on now. Right, right. I, I mean, you dev, you're gonna based upon this. First of all, I thought she was gonna, I thought she was gonna <laughs> sing a little bit. Nah, bro. And so no, I was she, like, uh, now he gonna go Earth Wind and Fire on us. We taking nah. this podcast to another level right here. Nah, nah. I can't. I thought about it for a second. But I said, nah. <laughs> it ain't ready, verse. Here's the crazy. I, I could tell in your voice just the look. You had a little pause. I said, I, listen, is he gonna do it? Is he gonna do was, it? I was on the precipice, bro. <laughs> but I, hey, I'm still getting fan mail from singing the twelfth ethnicities of Christmas in the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> I know you are, man. That's why I was thinking, uh, is he gonna yeah. do it? Is he gonna do it? Oh you know? uh, man, I, only a little at a time. You baby okay. steps, bird. I get steps. it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Oh yeah. So those are great song lyrics, but that's bad theology. Yes, sir. It's not. It's not. It's not the way of the world. That makes the heart so cold. It's the other way around. Mm-hmm. It's the heart that makes the world cold. Mm-hmm. You look at a text like Ezekiel 36, verses 26 and 27, where God says, Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. 
Yes. And I will remove the heart of stone mm-hmm. from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will be careful to observe my ordinances. Yes. So contrary to what the elements of the universe saying, no, it's not the way of the world that makes the heart cold. It's the other way around. Um, you know, Virg, earlier today, as I was preparing for this uh, recording of this episode, I came across a Reuters news article on the shooting at Santa Fe High School. And the headline mm-hmm. read this. It said, spurned advances provoked Texas school shooting. Wow. Spurned advances provoked Texas school shooting. So apparently the uh, the young man had been spurned. Mm-hmm. By a young, uh, a young girl in his school, and from the Reuters article, it says a teenage boy charged with fatally shooting eight students and two teachers. Again, I think this has been updated to ten, uh, ten deaths. Uh, but according to this article, fatally shooting eight students and two teachers during a gun rampage uh, had been spurned by one of his victims after making aggressive advances mm-hmm. towards her. Uh, and after reading that headline, um, I was immediately ri- reminded of, of another person who had been spurned. Someone mm-hmm. else I recall who had been spurned. Um, his name was Cain mm-hmm. and he was spurned by God himself. Uh, so I want to look at Genesis chapter four, verses one through eight. This is good, man. Because this is what we do here on the podcast, folks. If you're new to the Just Thinking podcast, this is what we do. Virgin Line, we sit down. None of this is scripted. None of this. We sit mm-hmm. down. We open the word of God and we read the word of God and we apply mm-hmm. as the Holy Spirit leads us the word of God to the topic that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So Cain was spurned by God. Let's let's look at Genesis 4 verses 1 through 8 and read from the NESB. It says, now the man, that is Adam, had relations with his wife Eve and he and she conceived and gave birth to Cain. And she said, I have gotten a man child with the help of the Lord. Again, she gave birth to his brother, Abel. And Abel was a keeper of the flocks, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. So it came about in the course of time that Cain brought an offering to the Lord of the fruit of the ground. Abel, on his part, also brought of the firstlings of his flock and their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and for his offering. But for Cain and for his offering, he had no regard. So there we see God spurning Cain. Mm -hmm. So Cain became very angry and his countenance fell. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will not your countenance be lifted up? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door and its desire is for you but you must master it. That was Genesis 4, verses 1 through 8. Now, now verse, we don't know what, if any, weapon Cain used to murder his brother. The Bible mm-hmm. doesn't tell us that. Right. Uh, I've heard people assume that he used a rock. Well, yeah, you, uh, you, see, you see that in the movie, right? Yeah, you see that in the movies. Yeah. You see that in certain artwork. Uh, but the Bible doesn't tell us. Mm-hmm. How Cain murdered his brother. It only tells us that he did. 
but I think what we can surmise, I believe, is that it was a violent death because in verse 10 of Genesis 4, God says to Cain, the voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. So I think we can surmise that it was a violent death. But for the sake of discussion, let's say Cain used a weapon. Mm -hmm. Now, it's interesting there at the end of verse 7 where God warns Cain. He says, sin is crouching at the door Mm -hmm. and its desire is for you, but you must master it. I think it's interesting that God didn't say to Cain, hey, Cain, put down that rock. Right. He doesn't say that. Instead, what God does is he warns Cain about the sin that is feeding the act that he was contemplating in his heart. Bro, that's that. I I mean, I'm going to have to pause you for a second, man. Go ahead. I'm I'm, I'm just going to have to pause you. Let's have church, man. Go ahead. Let's say like for real. Right. Because this is critical. What, 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 What you're unpacking from a standpoint of the scripture is critical for believers in i think in you know first to understand and for the rest of the world to uh, to hear and grow in their understanding now i recognize they're they're dead in sin and trespasses they're blinded to to the things of god but man if believers can understand what you just shared in that space mm-hmm. know it own it and declare it man I, that that's that, that's some decree and declare Speak the word. <laughs> Give them truth, man. This is this is this what what you're walking through is beautiful, man. I, I had to, I had to pause you, man, and stop you because you, you, you mean you keep going. People could miss what you just did. It's absolutely fundamental. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely fundamental. This is why I say yes. The Bible does speak to gun control. Mm-hmm. It does. It does, but not in the way most people think. Sure, you see. But see, God doesn't tell Cain, hey, put down that rock. Mm-hmm. Put down that axe. What are you doing? No. What does God do? He warns Cain against the sin, the sin attitude, the sin attitude, the sin nature that's feeding the act that he's contemplating committing in his mm-hmm. heart. Now, mm-hmm. consider further, okay, at this point, there was yet no law against murder. Mm-hmm. There was no law. That doesn't come until much later in Exodus chapter 20. Right, right. And yet the act was nonetheless being contemplated in Cain's heart. So Mm -hmm. what what does one say to Cain in that situation? Now, there's no law. No law against murder. So what do you say against Cain? Mm. What what do you say about the situation that Cain finds himself in? Do you say... Well, if we'd have had a law against murder, that might have prevented him from killing Abel. Right. Or how about, how about a law against picking up rocks with mm-hmm. your bare hand? Right. Okay. The point being, the point I'm making here is that the law is neither the problem nor the solution. Right. So we have folks who would argue today on both counts. They would argue that the law is the problem because the law, the existing laws are insufficient. Right. So with the existing laws being insufficient, they argue for more laws. So in that in that case, in that situation, that logic argues that the law is both the problem and the solution. Mm-hmm. You see, God didn't see it that way. We break laws 
because it's in our nature to break laws, even mm -hmm. when there's no law. Right. God warned Cain about the sin that was feeding the intent behind the act that he was contemplating in his heart. That's where we have to go with regard to this shooting and any other sinful act of violence mm -hmm. that is committed. So it's not just mass shootings. It's not just mass shooting. I, I hear people, and it's funny to me, Verge, not funny, ha-ha, but it's just funny, right. ironic to me right. that when a single person is murdered, you don't hear these clarion calls for gun control. Mm. Now, the person is just as dead. Sure. They're just as murdered as when you, when 10 people or 20 people are murdered. They're just as dead. Mm -hmm. But it's only when there's mass murders right. that people come out of the woodwork saying, oh, we have to have gun control. That's about as non sequitur a, a, a phrase I've ever heard. Mm. To control a gun and just to to make my point a little clearer, Verge, as I, where I'm sitting right now, talking to you here in real time, mm -hmm. I'm about 10 feet from a, a weapon that I keep here in my house. Sure. It's a Taurus 380 semi with a 10 round clip. Mm -hmm. I'm about 10 feet from it right now. Right. Now, am I controlling that gun from where I sit? No. Mm-mm. Yet and still, that gun's not doing anything to anybody right, right now. Right. Not doing anything to anybody. Now, I'm going to try to make this point later on as we continue to dialogue about this. But the point is, it's not the weapon. It's not the gun. The gun is an inanimate, non-autonomous object. Mm. It only does what it's designed to do when it's affected by some force outside itself. Right. This is exactly the same thing God is talking about in Genesis 4. The sin nature is that thing that affects our actions and makes our actions, our sinful actions, efficacious. So mm -hmm. in, the sense, in, in that sense, again, going back to the sin nature is where we want to be at here. It's not the act. It's what feeds the act. It's what serves as the impetus for the act. Absolutely. That's what people don't want to talk about. So in that regard, I think uh, I think John Frame in his systematic theology mm -hmm. made a brilliant point here. Come on. Frame in his systematic theology in the section on man's original goodness. If you've got Frame's uh, systematic theology, it's on page 845. Mm -hmm. We're going to park here for a minute. Because I think Frame, man, this was, if, if you're a baseball fan, this would be a fastball right down the middle of the plate. <laughs> so Frame writes this. He's talking about man's original goodness. He says this. He says, following each stage of creation in Genesis 1, God gives a positive evaluation of what he has made. It is good. Genesis 1, verses 4, verses 10, verse 12, verse 18, through verse 21, verse 25, and verse 31. The last of these verses, Frame says, the last of these verses includes the entire finished creation, including man. Good is the broadest possible term of approval. There are, of course, various kinds of goodness. There is teleological goodness. That is usefulness for some purpose, as when we speak of a good hammer or a good tomato. There is aesthetic goodness 
which in turn can refer to beauty or aesthetic technique or any number of other factors in a work of art. There is also moral goodness applied to persons who have obeyed God's commands and therefore deserve God's blessing. Scripture applies the vocabulary of moral goodness to persons, acts, and attitudes. A hammer may be teleologically good, but it does not obey God's moral law so as to merit God's blessing. So it cannot be described as morally good. Moral goodness is a personal quality applying only to human beings, angels, and to God himself. Now, here's the thing, Verge. In in the same way that Frame says a hammer may be teleologically good, Mm -hmm. but not morally good, so it is with a gun. Absolutely. Or any other object that can potentially be used as a weapon. A gun may be teleologically good, that is, Mm -hmm. It may be good in the sense that it serves a certain purpose, whether that purpose is good or evil. Right. But a gun in and of itself is not a moral agent. Man, what what you said is so critical, again, for our understanding. And and here's why. The the opponents of, of, you know, the the, the right to, to, to bear arms, those who are opposed to this point of view are ascribing a morality to an, inanim- to an inanimate exactly. object. Exactly. Um, they're, they're, they're ascribing, you know, a, a, a moral, uh, bad, a moral, a moral negation, a moral negative to an inanimate object. And, and so what you just shared from, from frame systematic is important for us as believers to understand as we, as we listen to and dissect the language. It goes back to the article. Uh, that 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 you wrote about about the, the the misguided language, the misused language that that happens uh, in the social justice movement. They're using words like good or bad or control or to mean one thing that that and and they they're misapplying that word in most instances. And so I think I think what you just unpacked for for our listeners is critical for all of us to understand. It's absolutely fundamental, and you're absolutely right. They're a, they're imparting to an inanimate object mm-hmm. animate characteristics. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it's like I said in the in the Bark article on the fallacy of gun control. What what gun control? And you're absolutely right, Virgil. What gun control advocates apparently fail to realize is that a gun doesn't have a heart. Mm-hmm. A gun has no soul. It does not feel. It does not think. It does not love. It does not hate. It cannot conceive of ill intent. Now, you and I are capable of all those things, Mm -hmm. which is exactly why God warned Cain the way he did. You see, Mm -hmm. and it's like I said, the reason the way of the world is as earth, wind and fire described it is because the nature of our heart is as the Bible describes it. Mm -hmm. See, so a weapon is inherently incapable of, of observing God's moral law. You, as such frame, just as frame said of the hammer, a gun does not merit our blessing when it is used for good, nor does it merit our curse when it is used for evil. Mm-hmm. It's not the gun's fault. The gun shouldn't get the credit when we use it to defend ourselves rightly, and it shouldn't get the blame when someone uses it to commit a sinful act. 
See, therein lies the fundamental fallacy of calling for gun control. That phrase gun control is a non sequitur. Mm -hmm. People who advocate for such things are attributing a moral dimension mm -hmm. to something that does not because it cannot possess such an attribute. It's an inanimate object. It only does anything. Like this gun that I'm looking at right now, just 10 feet from me, it's going to sit there and collect dust unless I pick it up and apply my for my volitional force to it to do what it's designed to do. Now, Frame goes on to say this. Frame says, when God declared the creation good, he meant good in every sense appropriate to every creature. The earth, plants, and animals were useful, fascinating, and beautiful. Each was formed and acted perfectly according to its God-given purpose. Adam and Eve were good in these senses, but also ethically good. Ethically good. Their actions, thoughts, words, and deeds pleased God. Otherwise, God would not have declared them good, and their very nature pleased him. They were good people, good servants of God. They bore God's image without distortion. Close quote. Now they so they blow they bore God's image, Adam and Eve did perfectly. Yes. Without distortion. Now, of course, we know that the undistorted expression of God's image ended with the fall of Adam and Eve and the mm -hmm. sin in the Garden of Eden, Genesis 3. Mm -hmm. But it is on that note that I want to quote John Frame one last time. Okay. Because in this one statement, Frame hits at the crux of the matter. Frame says this. He says, the fall, that is the fall into sin in the garden. Mm -hmm. The fall, therefore, did not begin with Eve's eating the fruit, but with her inner intention to eat the fruit. Mm. That's where the fall started. Mm. The fall started with the intent of the heart. It was consummated with eating the fruit. Yes. But it was precipitated. It was initiated by the intent in the heart to eat of the fruit. Mm. Frame nailed it. He nailed the fundamental issue with regard to this gun control issue regarding with regard to any sinful act. It begins with the intent of the heart. Absolutely. Frame says the fall, therefore, did not begin with Eve's eating the fruit. I want to repeat this again because this is huge. It's fundamental. It's fundamental. The mm -hmm. fall, therefore, did not begin with Eve's eating the fruit, but with her inner intention mm -hmm. to eat the fruit. Now, at this point, I want to quote one of the world's favorite theologians of today. I'm not going to mention names, Verge. Okay. But his initials are Joel Osteen. <laughs> you're wrong for that one man i thought i slipped that one in on your yeah, you, you're yeah. wrong you're so, wrong for that one so here's osteen anyone who ever, who's ever watched osteen on tv as i have yeah i watch heretics on purpose i just want I to do too. oh i do too right verge you yeah. should watch heretics on purpose yes so you can so you can speak intelligently to the heresy that they're propagating. Mm -hmm. But Osteen is famous for this, right? He starts out every one of his TED talks. That's what I call his right. Uh, his his yeah, quote unquote not sermons. sermons. Yeah, right, his, right, right, his right, inspirational, right. motivational TED sermons. Talk. Right, little TED talks. He says this. <laughs> this is my Bible. I am, I'm, I'm not going to say his whole mantra here. I'm just right, right, say right, right. He says, "This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. 
Now I'm going to stop right there. Osteen says, <laughs> this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. Right. I can do what it says I can do. Yeah. Now, normally, now he's only talking about positive, right, rainbow unicorn type stuff. Right. That he's going to take out of context in order to make it positive out, and right. rainbow. Right, right. He's going to make it positive and rainbow towards your right. best life now and all that right. kind of stuff. Right. He says, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Oh, really? Okay. So I'm like, oh, really? Okay. Well, let's talk about what the Bible says you can do. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Genesis 6 5. Mm-hmm. Talking about what the Bible says we can do. It says, then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every <laughs> intent of the heart was evil, evil from his youth. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what you can do. Now, your Bible says you can do that. Mm-hmm. Joel. That's what the Bible says about you because Joel says it right here. He says, I am what it says I am. Right. That's what he says. Right. Well, according to Genesis 6, 5, you're evil from your youth, Joel. Right. Okay. How about Genesis eight twenty one? The Lord smelled the soothing aroma and the Lord said to himself, I will never again curse the ground on account of man for the intent of man's heart is evil from his youth. Yes. There's God stressing that intent again, the aspect mm-hmm. of intent mm-hmm. again. Let's continue with uh, Mr. Joel Osteen and expounding on what the Bible says uh, we can we can do. Okay, Uh, let's look at we already read Genesis four verses six through eight. But let's look at let's look at Judges 14 verses one through three. Mm -hmm. Uh, It says then Samson went down to Timnah and saw a woman in Timnah, one of the daughters of the Philistine. So he came back and told his father and mother, I saw a woman in Timnah, one of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get her for me as a wife. Then his father and his mother said to him, is there no woman among the daughters of your relatives or among our, all our people that you go to take a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines? But Samson said to his father, get her for me, for she looks good to me. Mm-hmm. And we know how that turned out, right, Vern? Right, Absolutely. We know how the lust mm-hmm. of Samson's heart mm-hmm. turned out. He lusted after a woman, all of a sudden wanted a wife because of his imagination and where he had taken this sort of fantasy that uh, that I won't get into much detail with. But we know where he's going with that. Okay. So, yeah. So this is my Bible. I am what it says <laughs> I am. I'm a wicked, lustful. Yes. Yes. From the moment I'm conceived. Yes. Okay. Listen to what uh, man, I love reading the Puritans when it comes to sin. Mm. I mean, the Puritans do not play. No, if they don't. Wanna, if you want to feel good about yourself, don't read the Puritans. Don't read the Puritans. No, don't read them. Okay, mm-hmm. especially Thomas Watson. This dude was a beast. Yes. Okay. Now he's one of the lesser known Puritans, mm-hmm. I think. But I highly recommend go out and read you some Thomas Watson. Right. Okay. Uh, there are other folks out, out there besides John Owen and Jonathan Edwards and folks like that. Okay. Uh, I know Edwards wasn't a Puritan, but he was a reform. So I kind of look at them all the same light, but listen to what Thomas Watson says in his book, the doctrine of repentance. Now, if you want to feel good about yourself, you might want to pause the podcast right here and (laughs) and pick it up later. Or fast forward it on through. Fast forward, skip through it. Yeah. Watson says this. He says, is it not now, Joel Osteen, if you're listening, tune in to this one. Okay. <laughs> Watson says this. Is it not strange 
that two should live together and eat and drink together, yet not know each other? Mm. Such is the case of a sinner. His body and soul live together, work together, yet he is unacquainted with himself. He knows not his own heart, nor what a hell he carries about him. Mm -hmm. Under a veil, he de a deformed face is hid. Persons are veiled over with ignorance and self-love. Therefore, they see not what deformed souls they have. The devil does with them as a falconer with the hawk. Mm -hmm. He blinds them and carries them hooded into hell. Mm. He carries them hooded mm. into hell. I've seen a falconer, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I'm in Atlanta. Our NFL team is the Atlanta Falcons. Before kickoff of every home game, you'll see the falconer walk in with this huge falcon on his forearm. Mm -hmm. The forearm is protected with a thick leather sleeve. Mm -hmm. And the falcon itself has blinders on. Yes. Because you don't want the falcon to be, you know, caught off guard or, and shocked and surprised and by all the noise and all the fireworks going off and things like that. So this is what Watson is talking about with respect to us not acknowledging who we are innately in our corrupt nature. Yes. He says we go un under a veil mm. that we hide our deformed face. Persons are veiled over with ignorance and self-love. And because we're veiled over, he says the devil blinds us and carries us hooded into hell. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Virgins, I was prepared for this uh, episode tonight. I did a little bit of research and I found out that the first recorded use of a firearm was way back in the year 1364. Interesting. Over in, uh, in Europe. Hmm. 1364. So guns are not new. <laughs> no. Okay. They've no. been around for centuries. Yeah. So Millennium. 1364, yeah. right. 1364, the first firearm. Mm-hmm. But see, what, what a gun control advocate has to answer is what about all the violence that was committed before? Prior to, that's a good point. That's a great point. If any, if any, if anybody's a student of church history, um, man, the, the, the amount of, of death and killing and, and violence and, and corruption, I mean, it was just, it was unbelievable. Right. It was more brutal. Yes. It was it much was. more brutal. It was, absolutely. Before before the firearm was invented. And mm -hmm. uh and, and, and just speaking of violence in general, again, just prepping for this episode tonight, I came across an article from back in let's see, when was this article dated? I think it was twenty fourteen it was. We've got um uh, yeah, March of twenty fourteen. This is a BBC article okay so this is from a legitimate news source, news source right march 2014 headline is this china mass stabbing mm. china mass stabbing mm -hmm. deadly knife attack in kunming china mm. an attack by a knife wielding man at a railway station in Kunming in southwest China has left 29 dead. Mm. This is 2014. This is just yeah. four years ago. Yeah. Okay, this isn't 1364. 
So to the gun control advocate out there, I would mm-hmm. ask you, what is your response to that knife mass murder? Mm-hmm. 29, three times as many that were killed in Santa Fe, Texas last week. Right. With a knife. Mm-mm. Do we ban knives? No. And, and, and again, I, I think the point that, that you continue to consistently make goes back to it's, it's not the morality of an inanimate object. Right. Uh, we, we can't, we can't, we can't ascribe a moral behavior, uh, to an inanimate object. We've got to go back and look at the man. And I love what you said. At the end of the day, it's about, it's about calling, calling the issue what it is. And, and, and the issue is, is sin that is, that, that is germinated and conceived in the heart of mankind. And I, I want to touch on two, Verses, man, that I thought you'd get to ahead, uh, based, based upon your article, man. You, you, you've got in there Mark 7, verses 20 through 23, uh, where, you, where Jesus is saying that that which proceeds out of the man is it, that is what defiles the man. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed mm-hmm. evil thoughts, fornications, mm-hmm. theft, murderers, mm-hmm. adulteries, deeds of coveting and wickedness as well as deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All of these evil things proceed from within and defile the man. I, 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 I don't know how, how much more clear it can get th- than that. You've got, you've got Paul and as he's writing to the, to the, uh, to the Christians in, in Rome and he tells them, uh, in, in, in uh, Romans chapter three, verse 10, as it is written, there is none righteous, mm-hmm. uh, not even one. There's no one who understands, no one who seeks God. All have turned aside. Together they have become useless. There is none who does good, not even not one. one. Not, not one. even one. Not one. Yeah, and uh, Ecclesiastes 7.20 kind of echoes that same uh, point. Ecclesiastes 7.20 says, Indeed, there is not a righteous man on earth, who continually does good and who never sins. Mm. So the bottom line, if, if no, no one takes away anything else from listening to this episode, is that the problem is our sin nature. Mm-hmm. The problem is us. It's not the guns. It's not mm-hmm. the knives. Mm-hmm. Listen, there have been people who have been uh, smothered to death using a pillow. Right. You know, so I could use that argument to say, well, Virg, you'll probably sleep on a murder weapon tonight. Right. You know, you, you know. but the, the, so the problem is intent. The problem is the heart. The problem is the motive, just as with this 17-year-old young man who allegedly murdered 10 people, 10 of his fellow students, mm-hmm. injured another 10. We don't know if how many of those injured 10 are going to survive. Mm-hmm. But again, fundamentally, the issue is our nature. It's our heart. This yeah. is why we read the top, the text from uh, Ezekiel uh, 36. Mm-hmm, and again, mm-hmm. I'll just point out a couple more verses here uh, in Ecclesiastes 9, 18, I'm sorry, uh, Isaiah 6, 5. What does Isaiah say? Isaiah says, woe is me for I am ruined because I am a man of unclean, unclean lips. lips. Yeah. He's talking about his own nature there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, in Luke chapter 5, what does uh, Peter do uh, when he encounters Jesus on his boat after the miracle of the fishes? Uh, Peter says this, he says, go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. Mm. I'm a sinful man by nature. That's mm-hmm. who I am by nature. Now, I know we're getting close to time here, but I want to wrap up some with, with something that is really burdening me about this whole uh, 
topic of, of, of gun, gun gun control, but specifically mm-hmm. with respect to what happened last week in uh, Santa Fe, Texas at Santa Fe High School. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I want to kind of flesh this out a little bit because there's two uh, uh, there's there's two tracks that I kind of see uh, this issue uh, traveling on. Uh, number one, again, was the fallacy of thinking that guns are the problem. Mm-hmm. Number one. But a second track I want to want to get on here is uh, uh, much more important, and that is this. This is a this is a cry, a plea to parents mm. to please teach the gospel to your children. Come on, man! Come on, man! Please teach the gospel to your children. Yeah. And I say that because I think as parents, especially today, with all the other attentions and distractions and priorities that, that parents have, we we assume mm-hmm. that because our children are children, that that old phrase, they've got their whole life ahead of them. Right. Comes to play. Right. We send them to school. They come home every day. We send them to school every day. They come home every day. They do their homework mm-hmm. every day. They clean the room mm-hmm. every day. They do whatever they do every day. They they play their videos every. So we get into that routine, and we get lazy. We get uh, comfortable, thinking that that's always going to be the case until they turn eighteen, or maybe, maybe these days turn twenty nine and leave the house. Right. But no, oh no, no. Dear parents, please understand. That that child is not just flesh and blood, but that child mm-hmm. is a soul. Mm-hmm. From the moment that child was conceived, that child was conceived in the image of God. And what I like to say here, Verge, is that from the moment we're conceived, we actually begin to die. Yeah. That moment you're conceived, you each of us begins from conception. We begin a journey into eternity. You're going to live mm-hmm. forever at that point. Yeah. But parents, please, please share the gospel. Stop taking your children's spiritual destiny for granted. Mm. Your child is going to die someday. Unless the Lord returns first. You had at least 10 parents now. Who sent their children to Santa Fe High School. Thinking they were going to come home like they normally do every day. And Mm. they didn't. Right. Now they're planning funerals. Yeah. They're planning funerals instead of graduations. Yeah. They're planning funerals instead of sending them off to college. They're planning funerals. They're burying children instead of marrying them. So please teach your children the gospel. And I want to end with this verse. I want to read Ecclesiastes 12 verses 1 through 6. This is a plea to parents out there to teach the gospel to your children because they are souls that you want to know Jesus so that you can spend eternity with him. Listen to Ecclesiastes 12 verses one through six. The writer writes this. He says, remember also your creator in the days of your youth before the evil days come and the years draw near when you will say, I have no delight in them or before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened. And clouds return after the rain 
in the day that the watchmen of the house tremble and mighty men stoop. The grinding ones stand idle because they are few and those who look through windows grow dim and the doors on the street are shut as the sound of the grinding mill is low and one will arise at the sound of the bird and all the daughters of song will sing softly. Furthermore, men are afraid of a high place and of terrors on the road. The almond tree blossoms, the grasshopper drags himself along and the caper berry is ineffective for man goes to his eternal home while mourners go about in the street. Remember him before the silver cord is broken and the golden bowl is crushed. The pitcher by the well is shattered and the wheel of this at the cistern is crushed. Then the dust will return to the earth as it was and the spirit will return to God. Who gave it? Amen. That's what's happened with those mm. ten children at Santa Fe High School. Mm. Their bodies will now turn to dust, and their spirits are eternal. Their souls are in eternity somewhere. I don't know where. They're either in hell or they're with God. Mm. Prayerfully, they're with God. So, Amen. parents, please teach your children teach the, the gospel. gospel. Amen. Amen. But I think that closes it out for us, man. I really do. I definitely want you to listen in next week. Check in with us once again. Uh, and thank you again for, for joining us on the Just Thinking Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to Just Thinking, a podcast brought to you by the Bar Podcast Network. You can find all of Just Thinking episodes at www.thebarpodcast.com. Tune in next week to another edition of Just Thinking. And remember, let's think.